Hey, I'm Kate Otten, tight end at the University of Washington, and you're listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Charles Hammaker. Uh, just me today. Um, I know Bennett's working on a new production. Omari just got back to Chicago, I believe, last night. Um, so both those guys dealing with some busy stuff. So with that being said, as always, I like to get into things quickly. So we will move swiftly. Um, Seattle Seahawks. Oh, boy, man. Oh, boy. Uh, so for week 12, uh, the Seahawks traveled to Washington to take on the Washington football team on Monday Night Football. Seattle will lose that game 15 to 17. Yes, 15 to 17. It came down to a two-point conversion uh, where Seattle needed to convert to bring this game into potentially overtime. And Seattle was not able to do that. Uh, post game thoughts. I mean, the poor offensive play continues. Seattle is 0 3 since Russell, Russell's return. Uh, Russell really does not look like himself. And whether that's just rust, uh, bad decision making, or the finger is obviously affecting him, something's up. Something is going on with Russell. Whether he's, again, he's just not healthy enough, uh, something else is going on or there, there's an issue there. Russell just doesn't look himself. Um, you know, and this poor offensive play also comes back to impact the defense. Uh, you look at the defensive side of the ball, for the most part, they did their job, and they've done their job, you know, for several weeks now. If you look back to the uh, the Packers game, I mean, you hold the Packers to three points at half in Lambeau. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, but when the offense continues to go out there, get dominated in time of possession, your punter punts eight times for a total of 800, pardon, uh, 400 yards. Uh, that, that kind of stuff can't happen. It's, you know, it's incredible to me to say, oh, you know, the defense didn't do their job today. You know, when you see, you look at this kind of game, if you didn't watch it, you just look at it on paper. Uh, no, you look at the final score, right? You look at the final score, you're not getting a full, you're not getting the full idea of things. And that's part of the reason I love watching these games all the way through or being at these things in person, you know, whether it's in the press or not, uh, because you can see how the game took place. And that's the goal with the articles that go on the website to a CSS and, uh, the ones that I do for different outlets. Um, <sighs> For the most part, Seattle was in this game within reach. It was within reach. It's just the offensive production is not there. And as long as that's not there, this team's going to have issues, uh, big issues. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, you're three and eight now. You're in the bottom of the NFC West still. You know, if you had won, you'd still be within reach of a playoff spot. And, you know, hypothetically, I mean, with some sort of miracle and some incredible Titanic efforts, I'm sure you could find a way to sneak in uh, I guess mathematically uh, but again as I've talked about for several weeks here uh, the way that things have gone um, the way that things have gone over the past weeks uh, and just how there hasn't been change and Russell Wilson doesn't look to any sort of uh, games team saving form at this current moment it's 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 a it's a hard race to win um when you're also playing yourself you're also beating yourself um so you know this this highly uh, it's highly likely that this signals the end of the schneider carol wilson era i would it would be hard pressed to see that same group of gm head coach and quarterback all with the organization next year 
And, you know, as, as much as I can reason with it now and say, I would understand if Russell Wilson wants to leave, it'll still suck to see him leave. But just knowing how this organization has handled this, uh, has not made the correct moves in the offseason, has not drafted properly, um, it's it's. I understand why he would. You know, it makes total sense. Uh, and then also to note on the offense, DK Metcalf did not get his first target until late in the game. He only recorded one reception. Um, so that that's when you have a star like that who's young and's got that talent, speed, can catch the ball. You know, can it's it's is physical. I don't understand how you don't have him get scripted plays or you don't have him, you know, you get mandatory touches. That sort of thing is ridiculous. Uh, and it's just another facet of the offense that continues to be an issue. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, I've said this a few weeks ago. I said, you know, more than likely, we're, the sky is falling for this team. Uh, and now we're looking at three and eight, uh, bottom of the division. Don't know what to tell you. I really don't. It's, it's not like a, it's a surprise to me or it's something that's out of the blue. So uh, moving along, stat leaders, uh, passing Russell Wilson had completed 20 of his 31 attempts for 247 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Russell Wilson led in carries, 11 yards with two carries for a whopping 16 yards. Yes, you read that right. Running game abysmal. Uh, and we'll get to the reasoning for that here in a second. Receiving wise, Tyler Lockett had three receptions for 96 yards. Uh, tackles, Bobby Wagner, the uh, future Hall of Famer, had 14 total tackles, 10 solo, and one pass deflection. And in the turnover department, Jamal Adams was the only one to register a turnover for Seattle, recording one interception. Uh, the offensive and defensive MVPs wasn't able, wasn't able to get input from Bennett or Omari. Uh, so uh, on offense, I had Tyler Lockett. Um, he you know does the most of with his receptions, it seems. And he's still been relatively productive this season. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Bobby Wagner, uh, I mean, like I said, uh, future Hall of Famer. Uh, it's hard to note a play where Bobby makes a mistake or isn't involved in some sort of way. Injury front. So let's get into this. Uh, prior to game time on November 28th, uh, the following players were deemed out prior to the game. Running backs Rashad Penny and Travis Homer. Left guard Damian Lewis. Offensive tackle Jamarco Jones and cornerback Trey Brown. It was announced on the 23rd that Trey Brown underwent season-ending knee surgery that was successful. So, you know, those five players there, those five guys are all, you know, somewhat involved in this offense. With the way that the running back carousel has been, Penny and Homer have had touches this year, not like a huge amount of touches, but they've both been involved and certainly could have been used tonight. Um, Damian Lewis is a starter on that line. Uh, offensive tackle Jamarco Jones. Jamarco Jones played good in Dwayne Brown's absence, and Trey Brown. Trey Brown is a young corner who showed promise uh, in the games that he's played. Then he goes down with a season-ending injury. So it's brutal. On top of the fact that this team is imploding, that the the injuries are not stop um, being. We're not getting any injury luck uh, on that front. Uh, game day inactives. Uh, quarterback Jacob Eason, running back Rashad Penny, and Travis Homer. Center Dakota Shepley, left guard Damian Lewis, defensive tackle Robert Kincamdichie, and cornerback Nigel Warrior. Uh, Post game, uh, it's 11 ooh, 11 11. Make a wish. Anyway, um, it's 11 11 p.m. Uh, haven't seen any injury updates. Uh, from the game, there wasn't really any post game press news after the game. I mean, we can check again, but 
I don't know if that's, you know, more than likely because it was a Monday night game and that it was on the East Coast. Um, they are going to hold off on that until maybe tomorrow. Um, but kind of surprising. Um, kind of surprising that uh, we didn't hear anything. I mean, I don't, I don't see anything. Uh, oh, hmm, interesting. Uh, huh. Okay, we'll get to that in the Mariners section. Uh, it's not Mariners direct news, but it has some some relation to the Mariners. Um, yeah, no. Um, looking here, it's not like there's anything to note for press conference. I mean, if we maybe look some of the beat writers here. Again, that's probably something that would be talked about next game. Oh, okay. There's a little bit. Okay. Here we go. When asked to make what to make of Russell's miss throws lately, Pete Carroll says film doesn't lie. We're missing some stuff. Interesting. Um, Russell Wilson will not be benched. <sighs> Pete didn't want to an- Pete Carroll did not want to answer a question about whether he'd consider staff changes on offense if that's how the ball continues to struggle. Uh, boy. And we'll note some of the other beat writers, but that was from Michael Dugershawn. Uh So there was some, but it doesn't really seem to be like there's much uh, much different. Uh, Pickerel has few answers. Great. That's great. It's not the Alliance fault. I have to be better. Oh, hmm. uh, Russell Wilson said. Um... <laughs> it starts with me, Russell says. I don't know. That's, huh. Uh... It's just, you know, something like this, uh, the situation where you've got so much talent um, and it's just not being utilized and, you know, there's no adjustments being made, just disappointment. And I've talked about this with the football teams in in the city of Seattle here, you know, with the Huskies and the Seahawks. Um, It's just, it's just disappointing is all it is. It's, all I have to do is it's just a big sigh. I mean, that, that wasn't even exaggerated. That was a real sigh there. Um, so, yeah, Pete Carroll has few answers, really. Russell Wilson kind of puts the blame on himself. Now, whether that will keep him in Seattle or not, I don't know. With the way that he's been playing, I don't know if he's played himself into uh, a trade necessarily. It might want to be, hey, you know, I want to buckle down and let's fix this. But that kind of has, I'm sure that has to come with a caveat of, hey, if I'm going to stay, Pete Carroll's got to go. So that'll be something to note. Uh, And team notes, uh, Pete Carroll is open to changes. On November 23rd, Carroll stated that he is open to subtle changes in the Seahawks' philosophy following following the team's rough start to the season. 
Uh, the week 13 matchup against the 49ers next week is flexed out of prime time in favor of the Kansas City versus Denver game. And November 29th, running back Josh Johnson and cornerback Kevin Heslop were uh, elevated off of the practice squad in order to give the Seahawks some help in the backfield and in the secondary. Uh, in league-related news, the NFL could face subpoenas and hearings uh, by not providing documents that were related to the probe into the Washington football team. The United States Congress could potentially take further action. Uh, the Rams settled a lawsuit with the city of uh, St. Louis. The NFL and Rams owner Stan Kroenke uh, reportedly each uh, reached a $790 million relocation settlement with the city of St. Louis. And 38.5 million people watched the Raiders versus Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. CBS says the game was the most watched NFL regular season game on any network since 1990. So to finish up the Seahawks section, these record sits at three and eight. They are fourth in the NFC West. Uh, looking ahead in week 13, the Seahawks play versus the Santa Clara 49ers with a 1.25 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Uh, the 49ers just got a good win against the Vikings this past week um, and are third in the NFC West. So uh, it's at this point in time, it is hard to get excited about this football team. and. You know, I, I didn't really come into this season with expectations. It was kind of like, hey, you know, you're bringing Gabe Jackson. That's great. Sign Gerald Everett. You kind of made some pieces here, but it didn't feel like enough. I, w- I was more of the fact that it was like, hey, I'm going to let them prove themselves and go from there. You can tell how that has gone. So it's it's uh, normally I try to be pretty optimistic about those teams. He look good in things. You know, look to see the coaching staff make improvements the next following week. That has not happened in these games. That has not happened. It has been a coaching failure, uh, not as much a player failure, really. It has been a coaching and adjustment failure, uh, and that is on the staff. Moving along here into the Mariners. Moving along into our Mariners here. Uh, so the offseason, quite obviously. Uh, but we do have some actual impactful news here regarding free agency uh, for a free agency 2021 tracker. The Mariners traded for second baseman slash outfielder Adam Frazier from the San Diego Padres. Seattle acquires the second baseman slash outfielder in exchange for relief pitcher Ray Kerr and outfielder Corey Rogier, the 11th pick in the 2021 draft. Um, Frazier was an all-star last year, uh, split time. The was traded at the deadline. Uh, from the Pirates to the Padres, uh, recorded a 305 batting average, five home runs. So you can tell there from that he's more of a contact here, more of a base hit kind of guy instead of a hitting for power type of player. Uh, recorded 43 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, and a 779 on base percentage. Uh, oh, pardon me, on base plus slugging. Um, Jerry Poto said that acquiring Frazier would not stop the team from adding another infielder. Uh, and the, oh, I'll mention that next. So it did not stop the team from adding another infielder. So expect the team, uh, the, the role that I'm kind of seeing for Frazier may be more of a uh, fill in at second base occasionally, uh, play, play some DH and effectively be like a super bench bat, um, which is kind of crazy to say. Uh, but guy that can play some outfield when you need him to, guy that can play some second base when you need him to, keep some guys fresh, give them off days. Um, may just be just like an active DH. Um, November 28th, Seattle was eyeing Chris Bryant. The team is one of many interested in the free agent uh, who is not expected to sign before the December 1st deadline. Uh, We'll get to that deadline here in a sec. Uh, The Mariners lost out on Kevin Gosman and Marcus Simeon. 
Uh, Kevin Gosman signs a five-year, $110 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, it was initially reported that Gosman wanted to sign with a West Coast team. That does not happen as he goes to Toronto, Canada. Um, Marcus Simeon signs a seven-year, $170 million deal with the Texas Rangers. Simeon was deemed the face of free agency for the Mariners, kind of a make-or-break free agency. Uh, it was kind of the Mariners and Simeon were kind of hand-in-hand uh, when it came to you know who, this upcoming free agency and who the Mariners would look to add in this offseason. And Simeon decides to sign a seven-year deal with the Rangers. I was told that Simeon was offered a five-year deal uh, to join the, the Mariners, uh, but opted for the seven-year deal, get some more money uh, with the Rangers there. Um, the Rangers also signed Corey Seager to a $325 million deal. So Texas is effectively spending half a billion dollars on two infielders, which is quite unique. Um, and the little tidbit that I just noted, uh, as I as I got the note, of, as I was looking for the uh, CX beat writer reports, um, was that Javier Baez, uh, second baseman, is reportedly linked and close to a deal with the Detroit Tigers. So that would take somebody that Seattle is interested in potentially off of the boards there. Uh, and then November 29th, Seattle signs left-handed pitcher Robbie Ray. Ray signed a five-year, $115 million deal with Seattle pending physical. He is on the way to Seattle to complete that uh, and sign the dotted line. His stats last year include a 13-7 and record, a 2.84 ERA, 193.1 innings pitched, 248 strikeouts, and a 1.04 whip. Uh, Ray did win the AL Cy Young award last year uh, for effectively best pitcher in the American league. And once completed would be the largest free agency signing under Jerry DePoto. So these are, this is a big deal. Ray is a big deal. And Frazier is also a key piece in this, you know, effective uh, loading up type of free agency that we're seeing with the Mariners here. This is a big deal simply because you, well, not only did you promise that you would effectively use the payroll this year, uh, in the off season and have it increase. Right. Um, and that, that shows with the Robbie Ray signing, but you acquire Adam Frazier for relatively a low price from San Diego, Seattle, you know, with, if that goes through and is uh, relatively productive, even to an extent is another good deal with San Diego, but uh, acquiring someone like Frazier is, is a good step. You get a, a key bat, a quality bat relatively for a cheap price. A guy that was an all-star last season, uh, and can play, you know, different roles with this team. And you sign a guy that can be an ace, a guy that can, you can, you can count on on pitching days. You don't have to worry about bullpen days. Um, you know, obviously with injury sake, um, that's a big deal to get that net him for a five year deal. Um, I believe after the third year, there's an opt out, but it's 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 a it's a relatively good sign, um, and it's exciting knowing that there's the team is looking into doing more um, and acquiring more pieces. Um, with that being said, uh, the Mariners were looking into Javier Baez. Um, and it seems like he will. Uh, he will more than likely, excuse me, join the Detroit Tigers. Uh, but ultimately, at least, at least, if if we're looking at me, the the guy who's running the show right now, that you're listening to, uh, what we're looking at for free agents here, um, I'm looking at let's let's scoop up Chris Bryant and Marcus Stroman. The Mariners, uh, Depoto said that they wanted to add two starting pitchers. You've already got one, gonna add another, 
And then they wanted to add at least a couple infielders, uh, somebody to take the second baseman role on the starting uh, starting basis, as well as someone now to fit this third baseman role. Uh, and Bryant can play a little outfield, but mostly was a third baseman, uh, I believe, in his time with the, in the league. So that would that would solve the third base situation, solve the third base equation. Um, it, it would be it would be a key solve. He's not like a superstar, but he's a guy that's going to be a starter quality, someone that'd be an upgrade of what you've got right now. Who would you know at this? If you're looking at this current roster, it'd probably be Abraham Toro. Um, this is big news, and you know we started with the Seahawks. The Mariners are a better have a better future right now, and that's not exaggerating. That's not reaching. The Mariners have a better future, uh, which is incredible to think about. Um, so it, it, we, we're still waiting on more league news. Uh, Baez more than likely going to sign a deal with the Tigers. Um, so I mean, you're looking at other free agency in the infield now is uh, let me think Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa more than likely a long shot. Um, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa. Uh, until it made official, um, Javier Baez, Trevor Story, uh, pitching wise, probably Marcus Stroman. Um, I think John Gray got acquired, so maybe Sonny Gray now. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Mariners Twitter's done a good job, they've been very helpful. Uh, Chris Story, Chris Story, Chris Bryant, Trevor Story, Marcus Stroman. Say a Suzuki, who uh, reportedly told his agent that uh, one of the teams that he's considering uh, would be uh, Mariners. Uh, Javier Baez, again, so waiting to that to be figured out. Nicky, Nick Castellanos, uh, Chris Taylor, and Michael Conforto. Um, that That's um, a solid list. And I feel like if you can at least acquire two of those guys, that's a big deal and that's more than likely um obviously you know with with the way things went last year and some luck involved uh some luck involved and some miraculous moments um you know I, I think you really can make the playoffs next year. I really do think that with the continued development of some of the younger guys, you know, Jared Kelnick taking some steps, you know, getting Kyle Lewis healthy, you know, God, God, God willing. Um, Logan Gilbert taking a step there. Uh, hopefully Cal Raleigh as well. Uh, Ty France playing like Ty France did this last year. Uh, JP Crawford being JP Crawford. Uh, it would have been nice to acquire a catcher, uh, but it seems like the Mariners kind of want to stay uh, complacent with where they are uh, with whoever they got as a backstop. Uh, Mitch Hanniger being Mitch Hanniger of last year, um, maybe improving a little bit on the defensive side of the ball uh, and acquiring an outfielder. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm excited. Um, got me counting the down the days to baseball. Um, so regardless, we'll continue. Um what I do here? Oops. Oh, okay. Mess with that in a second. Uh, League related notes: The MLB uh, potentially is going to come to a screeching halt soon. Uh, free agency will stop when the MLB owners begin an expected lockout this upcoming week, starting on December first. Uh, so that is what I mean by this deadline. It's something that would hinder 
uh, what's going on around the league, not only for the Mariners, but just around the league, just because of the fact that it would be, it would just, it would stop everything. It would bring everything to a screeching halt. Uh, so that's why a lot of deals have been done over the past few days, just because teams are viewing this as a deadline and they want to get this taken care of. Um, and it would be great if we could see, you know, the signing of a Bryant or a Stroman done before that deadline takes place, you know, just, just to ensure that. Um, but that obviously has to be seen and that has to be taken care of. Um so that's exciting to see. And we might have some news about that uh, the next time we're back with you next Tuesday. Uh, but that's something that, you know, we have to wait on. Um, so looking ahead, I mean, it's still free agency, but that might get delayed for a little bit uh, until the CBA is figured out and we get out of the, the lockout here. Um, <laughs> So this is your time to check out Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Moving into our Seattle Sounders here, a tough result uh, for our Sounders. It's just one of those unfortunate things that can happen in the game of soccer. Um, The Sounders played November 23rd. Uh, November 23rd versus Real Salt Lake. Uh, the Sounders lose this game 0 to 0, 6 to 5 in penalties. Uh, no play of the game. Uh, Seattle season ends as they put up 21 shots in total, only three on goal as compared to Real Salt Lake, who put up none through the 120 minutes of play, um, winning ultimately in sudden death shootout uh, penalty kicks. Just, just. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, Seattle, I mean, the best opportunity that I saw was when rule came in uh, and he had a shot bend, had a shot from a little bit outside of the box bend and hit the meeting between the crossbar and the post and bounce out that was about the closest shot we got really none none of the shots really uh made david ochoa work or sweat um and stefan fry didn't have you know much much to do uh and then we get into the overtime period nothing doing uh then we get into penalties uh the the one time it looked like it had to stop uh it was uh, on replay review stefan fry left his line a little too early um and got to redo it so we also like made the pk and then we went to sudden death and kellen Rowe had his pk saved um and De- stefan fry almost saved the following pk but he saved it and it hit the post rolled along the goal line and then went into the goal it's, it's just stuff like that is absolutely brutal um and it's just it's it's one of those things that unfortunately can happen in soccer uh, I think ultimately it could happen in hockey, but hockey games tend to be, I don't, you don't really see many hockey games that are like a one, nothing that go into overtime like that. It's, it's, it's a brutal way to end a season. Uh, like my friend Alec would say, it's brutal. It's, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I mean, there's something you can do about it, but it's, it's just as a fan, it's just absolutely frustrating. And to all the people in the game, I mean, just to see that ball hit the post 
roll along the goal line and then sneak into the goal. It's a tough way to end the season, but to to start the season off with so many injuries and so many players, you know, off on international breaks, uh, to come to where you were, to finish second in the Western Conference, to never go below fourth place in the Western Conference, that's an achievement in of itself. And it's one of the you could argue that it's the it's the best achievement coaching wise um, that Brian Schmetzer has had as uh, the head boss of the Sounders. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that in the um, the season recap next week, but ultimately just, just kind of frustrating to deal with. Um, League-related notes, uh, Bob Bradley was hired uh, by Toronto FC less than a week after being fired. Bradley finds a new job. Bradley, obviously, uh, if you know Seattle sports in the Western Conference Finals uh, matchup against LAFC, um last no no 2019 uh seattle uh beat lafc and then after the game uh when interviewed brian schmetzer was asked how he was feeling you know one of the just pretty bland basic uh questions that gets asked uh in interviews schmetzer said that he was feeling better than bob so that'll always live uh, in seattle sounders meme history of sorts um but certainly interesting to see Bradley take the headman job over in Toronto. And then RSL advances to play the Portland Timbers in the Western Conference final. A stoppage time winner helps push RSL past Sporting Kansas City. Um, so the first, second, and third teams in the playoffs all fail to make the Western Conference um, in really a wild year. Um at this point, I don't really know what to say um, about who's going to make the final and who's going to win MLS Cup. It just, it's just been such a wild year. Uh, but yeah, we will have to talk about things uh, in the post-game press, post-game, in the uh, season recap this upcoming week, uh, next Tuesday. Um, so no Seattle Storm news. Uh, at least not at the time. It's been a relatively quiet uh, past few weeks for the storm. Uh, one second. Uh, yeah, Storm have been relatively quiet over the past few weeks. Uh, not much news, not like there's any free agency or trades happening in the WNBA. A lot of the players are overseas playing in the Euro Leagues. Um, we're just enjoying time off, really. Uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been relatively quiet. Uh, I mean, when we get news about the team or really WNBA news, try to report it. Uh, it's mostly just been WNBA news like the other week. It was about the playoff expansion and playoff expansion playoff uh, format changing uh, this upcoming year and beyond. Uh, but outside of that, there hasn't been much really to report. It's been just kind of a dry spell of anything. Um, this is your time to check out Maestro Athletics. That is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S, Maestro Athletics. Uh, I know that if you put in an order for the uh, Seattle Kraken hat, or uh, shorts, 
Um, those are in production and both should be uh, arriving ahead of schedule. So that is exciting to see uh, and expect them to come out with more stuff. Those shorts look amazing. Um, and if you like the Mighty Ducks, that hat is a great piece to have, something that you need just in general for hockey. I mean, you know, um, looking to our Seattle Kraken here, speaking of hockey, um, the Kraken played four games over the past week. Uh, the first of those four being November 24th versus the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, a top three team in the league. They played them at home. Seattle played them at home, uh, winning that game two to one. Uh, play of the game would be left winger Marcus Johansson recording the game winning goal late in the third period. Uh, Johansson recorded one goal, one point, a one plus minus, uh, two shots on goal, um, and had the game winner, obviously. So that's a big deal to beat a top three team in the league after to, to, to beat a top three team and to do so to snap a six game losing streak is impressive. Uh, you know, you could look at it, and if you lost some of the following games, it would be considered a fluke, if anything. Uh, let's, let's get into that, though. We continue on with the rest of the past week's schedule. Uh, November 26th, the team went on a road trip, the start of a three-game road trip, uh, four-game road trip, pardon me, um, starting uh, with the two-time defending, with the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Seattle would lose that game three to nothing. No play of the game there. Just sort of a rough game uh, after a great one. Uh, did look look frustrating. Just did not look like a cohesive uh, effort um, and kind of a frustrating thing. Just but you know you're playing the defending champs on home ice. It's it's uh, on a, on a, you know on their home ice. So it's kind of it's kind of a it's not an easy game. Um, and then November 27th at the Florida Panthers, the team with the most points and the best record in the league, Seattle win that game four to one, uh, play of the game would be defenseman, Jamie Alexiak recording one goal, one assist, two points, a three plus minus with three hits, three blocks, and one takeaway Alexiak, the big man, the big rig having a great game there. The Kraken stopped the Panthers home win streak at 11, uh, November 29th at the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Seattle would win that game seven to four, recording the most goals in a game in team history. Uh, play of the game would be for Brandon Tanev. Turbo Tanev records one goal, two assists for three points, uh, a four plus minus, two hits, two shots on goal, and four hits. Uh, so you know, looking looking back at that stretch of games, you know, from Carolina to Florida, in those games you play the top three teams in the league at the state of the season, and the defending champs all in a four game stretch and you win three of three of four. That, that's pretty damn good. And over that stretch and including now this Buffalo game, this is a team that looks like, you know, what, uh, you know, NHL fans and Seattle fans were hoping for and seemed like a best case scenario with this team. The defense playing solid, the goalkeeper tandem, uh, you know, playing great behind them, uh, great power play, uh, scoring and funny enough uh, against Buffalo, Seattle recorded two shorthanded goals, um, but also some some counterattacks, some uh, just showing some resiliency. And Seattle has done that. And I've tried to say that over these past few weeks. You know, not not the best few weeks. Six game losing streak, losing seven to three at home uh, to Colorado. Don't get me wrong, Colorado's a good team. Um, but it really seems like they're putting these things together. And 
I wanted to say after the Carolina game, this feels like a building block for later down the road in the season. Uh, and, you know, after those wins against Florida um, and Carolina, you know, and Washington as well, my apologies, uh, it, it seems like that's happening. You know, it looks like the team's getting its footing. They're playing their roles. Like Philip Grubauer said in one of the postgame press conferences, uh, I believe it was after Carolina, more than likely after Washington, the team is accepting their roles um, and they're really just involving themselves fully into what needs to be done to win games and to have a successful team. Um, so it really looks like they're putting things together and exciting. This It's exciting to see, you know, not, not only exciting to get the Kraken in general to have that and initial have franchise in the city, but to see them doing well, you know, and really uh, expansion teams are not supposed to do well in their first year. So to have that happen is, is it's great. It really is. It's incredible uh, and exciting. So, you know, uh, and less exciting news, uh, November 24th, Ford Mason Appleton was activated off of IR. Ford Nathan Bastion was placed on waivers as a resulting move. And November 25th, Bastion would be claimed off of waivers by New Jersey. Uh, November 26th, Mark Giordano did not play in the game against the Lightning due to COVID protocol. Uh, and has not returned to the lineup since then, as we're recording this on November 29th. Um, in the November 27th, the team recalled forward Riley Sheehan from Charlotte for the game against Florida. I uh, don't really have team news for you. In legal-aided news, on November 28th, uh, the Canadians fired general manager Mark Bergevin, Bergevin uh, in, out in Montreal as part of the Habs front office shakeup. Uh, also on the 28th, the San Jose Sharks waived Evander Kane. The troubled skater is currently facing a 21-game suspension for using a fake vaccine card, uh, and he will be sent to the AHL if unclaimed. I believe he was claimed by one of the AHL teams, but I'm not exactly sure which one. But yeah, I mean, if you know who Evander Kane is, then it's, it's just another funny moment in his career. Uh, kind of sad. Um, but if don't you don't, Fake vaccine card is all I need to really say for you to kind of get the gist of what this guy has done uh, in his career. Some of the interesting decisions that have been made. Um, so the, that that just kind of tells you uh, about, about Evander Kane there. Um, and then November 29th, the Pittsburgh Penguins were sold for $300 million. The Fenway Sports Group, which currently owns the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool FC, have purchased the Penguins in a huge deal. So that's, I guess that's some interesting news to see, you know, a, a franchise like the Penguins sold. Um, but it's an NHL news, so we're going to tell you about it. Um, the Kraken's record sit at, uh, sits at eight wins, 13 losses, and one overtime loss, giving them 17 points, 16 points for the eight wins, one point for the overtime loss. The division standing sale is seventh in the Pacific Division, crawling out of the bottom of the barrel, and now one step ahead of it. Uh, above Vancouver. Uh, looking ahead, December 1st, the team will travel to Detroit to play the Red Wings at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. December 3rd comes back home to play the Edmonton Oilers uh, with a 7 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. And December 6th versus the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 7 p.m. Pacific time puck drop. Um, the rain. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so it is the rain off season. 
the rain season recap we'll have that next week for you um just considering well so we'll with that being said we'll have the rain season recap next week and the sounder season recap next week so busy next week uh for recaps there on uh, league news uh there is a red star scandal chicago red stars uh the newest in the nwsl uh this is the fifth coach to be accused of allegations uh november 22nd uh, red stars coach rory dames resigned following the nwsl championship loss it was reported that Dames had allegations of emotional abuse. Seven players would come forward to the Washington Post saying that Dames regularly berated and emotionally abused players uh, and sought inappropriate relationships with some. Uh, one of the players said that Dames would often make comments about her appearance and insist that she needed to spend time with him outside of coaching, uh, regularly inviting her to lunch and dinner. Um, and when she got in a serious relationship, she would be held out of trainings. Uh, U.S. soccer was told about regularly berating and emotionally abusing players and effectively turned a blind eye, saying that this sort of behavior was expected of a professional coach. On November 25th, Chicago Red Stars ownership said that they were deeply sorry amid allegations of abuse against the former coach. Um, so more will develop on that, and we will have you covered on that when that news comes out. Uh, November 25th, Chicago Red Stars ownership is deeply sorry amid allegations of abuse against former coach Rory Dames. Oh, I already wrote that. Uh, sorry. Thorns named new head coach. The Portland Thorns named two-time Olympic bronze medalist Rian Wilkinson, uh, new boss of the Portland Thorns. Uh, so Portland gets their new coach after Mark Parsons leaves for a different coaching job. Uh, Parsons, a long, uh, long, a, a successful career with Portland. And now Wilkinson will look to re replicate those results. Hopefully not for the rain. I mean, for our sake, it would be great if we could, you know, avoid having another uh, great coach Portland team. So um, with that being said, looking ahead for the rain, uh, trying to prepare for expansion. Um, I believe, let me make sure. Um, let me. There was a date for this. Oh, December 16th. Okay. My apologies. I thought those were this upcoming week. It is December 16th. Uh, is when that's going to start. So we, we have a little bit of time before that takes place. But with that being said, in the coming weeks, I would expect for teams to start sort of polishing up their uh, protection. Ooh, we should do that. Um, um, okay, look into adding uh, protection rosters. Shoot, uh, I hate doing that because I like, I like this team. Um, but yes, okay, we will work on that uh, and probably have that in addition to season recap next week. Uh, no Supersonics news, no XFL news for our Seattle Dragons um, heading into UW Athletics here. Uh, we have some new stuff for UW Athletics, but we will get to that later as we continue on. No Pac-12 or general college uh, news. Uh, football, football, uh, game recap, November 26th, the Apple Cup versus the Washington State Cougars. The Huskies would lose that game. By a brutal score of 40 to 13, a 27 point, uh, 27 point differential, which is the biggest uh, for the Cougars in, their, uh, in the history of the rivalry in 121 years. Um, an embarrassing loss, WSU cops off an embarrassing season for the Huskies. It is the first Apple Cup loss since 2012 and the first at home since 2007. Uh, WSU would promote interim head coach uh, Dickert after the victory. Really, I mean... 
just just a, just an incredibly frustrating and just just laughable end of the season i mean considering everything that's happened um just I'll, yeah all i can do is sigh i mean an embarrassing season and i would say you you'd have some solace if you beat the cougars to win the apple cup you know beat them in a down year um but nope in a down year uh, as it down as it gets losing to the cougars in the apple cup for the first time since 2012 um and it's just disappointing i mean props to them wsu came with a balanced game plan were able to run the ball well with um Max Borgie, who's now three and one in the Apple Cup, so we can say that you know it sucks to be a Husky all he wants, but it, three to one is the ratio. There's a little, you know, um, yeah, it's I, you know, WSU did their job. They beat a bad Washington team, and it's a uh, dark time, dark time in uh, Husky sports. You know, when you look back and you look back at the zero twelve team or the CX two thousand eight team. Uh, you look back at those seasons and sports teams, you say, God, you know, it could be, it could be that bad <sighs> down the road. Uh, well, I mean, even considering the talent on this team, there's a lot of talent It's just similar to the Seahawks. It's just poor coaching and not adjusting and not putting the players, the talent in position to succeed. Um, yeah. I mean, just incredibly frustrating what has taken place and, you know, hoping that things can change here uh, with the new coaching hire that we'll get to in a second. Um, but with that being said, we'll get to stat leaders. Uh, Passing-wise, Sam Heard. Sam Heard makes his first start as a Husky. Does not go well, and it's not entirely his fault. Uh, Heward completed 17 of his 31 attempts for 190 yards, one touchdown, and four picks. Um, I mean, you know, as a true freshman to come in and start your first game, in the Apple cup in a huge rivalry game um, and just a bad situation. I don't blame, I don't blame here. And I don't think it's far off to say that he'll have a good year next year. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, rushing wise, Kamari pleasant led on the ground with eight carries for 34 yards receiving wise. Roma Dunze had three receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown uh, tackles wise. Carson Bruner had 11 total tackles, nine solo and one tackle for loss. Uh, no turnovers to report to you about. So the Huskies finished the season with a four and eight record, uh, no bowl game, obviously uh, they finished fifth in the PAC 12 North, uh, no national ranking quite obviously as well. Um, so team related news, the team, there's a team meeting reportedly coming Tuesday regarding the head coach. We'd find out why that would be uh, as November 29th, Kalen DeBoer uh, reportedly accepts the Huskies head coaching job after compiling a record of 12 and six as head coach of Fresno state. That's the 2020 COVID shortened year. And this past season, he went nine and three with Fresno State this past season. DeBoer hired as the next head coach officially later in the day, and he will make a media statement tomorrow, more than likely by the time that this episode is out. I want to know how that name is said. I don't know. It's how it sounds. So we're going to go with it. And, you know, if I hear it differently, I'll correct it next episode. Uh, So the Huskies get a new head coach. It was reported that the team did offer uh, Matt Campbell of Iowa State a job. Uh, but I don't know the reason he turned it down. So the next move was DeBoer, and so they signed DeBoer. Um, and, it, it, you know, in his time as a head coach, in his stops along the way, 
Uh, he's been a wide receiver guru, a offensive minded coach, and, you know, has, has, has righted the ship in the places he's been. So, you know, this is a different situation. I believe he did so at, uh, I want to say it's either Western or Eastern Michigan um, in Fresno state. This is, this is a different case just because of the history and the expectations that are set at the university of Washington and in the PAC 12, especially now with the news that I'll tell you here in a second, uh, this is a step up for DeBoer. And this could be similar to a lot of coaching uh, situations. Like for example, Harbaugh, you know, going, uh, you know, from a smaller school to Stanford, um, this could be coach DeBoer shot to really jump up and assert himself as a next level coach, as someone who can do it on a D1 level and be, you know, a, a, a mainstay. So we'll see how that goes next season. Uh, similar to football, I mean, with how limited it, I, I really seem to know about, you know, how capable the coaching staff is um, of making adjustments and, you know, putting players in positions to succeed because we'll have to see DeBoer's uh, bring in his coordinators. Um, I'm, I'm just not going to go in with expectations and just, you know, let, let it play out really. And I'm hoping that I get a better result from that this upcoming season, as opposed to this year. Uh, so getting to college football news, uh, USC officially hires Lincoln Riley. Riley is reportedly leaving Oklahoma to take the top job at USC. Uh, also is reported that he is taking his defensive coordinator and other staffers with him to USC. Uh, Riley reportedly found out about the team's interest in him late Saturday night and talked with the school Sunday morning uh, before officially wrapping up the deal that day. Uh, with news of Riley leaving, Oklahoma reportedly is looking into hiring Cliff Kingsbury of the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kingsbury won't get into things when asked about a potential return to college football, also saying it's not a topic I want to touch. So kind of not committal uh, for Kingsbury there. Uh, to get back to Riley, Riley states that USC will now be the mecca of college football. So that's that's a big statement to make, but you know we'll see how we can uh, what he'll do there. Um, so looking ahead, the season is over for the Huskies, and we have another. Se- okay, so we've got we've got a oh, wow, we got a busy week next week. We got UW football season recap coming next week. Um, men's basketball. Uh, the men's basketball team played three games over the past week, the first of which being against uh, South Dakota State on November 23rd. The Huskies would win that game by a score of 87 to 76. Played the game would be Terrell Brown Jr., who recorded 32 points, five rebounds, and two assists. Uh, November 24th versus Nevada, the Huskies would lose that game 81 to 62. Played the game would be Terrell Brown Jr. with 19 points, five rebounds, and four assists. Uh, the November 27th versus Winthrop. Um, the last of the three games at home there this past week, the Huskies would lose that game 82 to 74. Play of the game would be Dejon Davis, who recorded 21 points, one rebound, and four assists. Uh, frustrating past week. I mean, as a Pac 12 program, um, you know, to lose a game, to lose those games, you know, against Nevada and Winthrop, it's frustrating. And, you know, the, with the way that the Coach Hopkins led teams have been. Uh, you kind of expect more, I would think, and you'd hope for more. Um, it's just, that that's just not been the case, really, um, and it's it's a frustrating thing to see. Um, I know that one of the uh, one of the reporters that 
uh, reports for the men's basketball team kind of said, hey, it's just kind of the same thing as last year, looking like the same thing as last year. Uh, one of the players called it out, said, this is not the case, and we're going to turn it around. Uh, Thrill Brown Jr. would reply to this saying, yeah, uh, you know, wonder will there be when we, uh, if they'll be there when we turn it around. I mean, this, it's, it's, it's another situation where I look at it and I say, hey, feel free to turn it around. Feel free to prove me wrong, but I'm not going to put an expectation and say, hey, I believe you're going to turn it around just because of the way that Hopkins-led teams have been since being at UW. I mean, you know, relatively, I mean, has gotten some key players to come. Um, you know that a key player recently changed his commitment and came here. You had a lot of younger, you had a lot of uh, local guys come back, like Terrell Brown Jr. and Dejon Davis. But I mean, it's just it's about you know getting the top guys to stay in Washington, and the recruiting aspect of it hasn't necessarily been there. So the the winning hasn't necessarily been there either. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I know we're eight games into the season, but it's still, you know, it's, it's, uh, with, with conference play coming up, I don't know how, how, uh, confident I am in the group here. Um, and team related news to Brown jr. was named PAC 12 player of the week. Uh, Brown jr. Averaged 23 points per game over a four game span. The record sits at four and four, uh, PAC 12 standing going to wait until conference play really starts to get into that. Uh, which starts this upcoming week. Uh, upcoming games for the Huskies this upcoming week are December 2nd at Arizona with a 5.30 p.m. tip-off and December 5th versus UCLA that is top-ranked UCLA. Let me get a number for you here. Uh, I believe they lost to Gonzaga, but they've, they've got a lot of talent on that team. Um, UCLA is number five. And the Pac-12 conference as a whole doesn't exactly get any easier. USC's number 20 right now. Arizona's number 11. Tennessee's 13. Oh, wait. Tennessee's playing Colorado. That's why I saw that in the Pac-12. Yeah, so it's... uh, You're playing three top 25 teams there, one of them being a top five team. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, getting into women's basketball, uh, the team recently traveled to Bahamas for the Goombay Splash Classic, uh, November 27th, 25th versus VCU. Uh, the Huskies will lose that game 47 to 60. Player of the game will be Nancy Mulkey, who recorded 13 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Uh, November 27th versus UNC, the Huskies will lose that game 58 to 37. Uh, player of the game would be Alexis Grigsby, who recorded eight points and one assist. So a tough pack week for the Lady Dogs. Uh, their record sits at two and three. Uh, Pac-12 standing, we're going to wait again also with them until conference play starts. But the, the division, the conference doesn't get any easier uh, for the women as well. Uh, Oregon State's 23 right now. Oregon's 18. Uh, Arizona's 7. Um, let me see if we got anything else. No, I don't really see anything else. But, yeah, having those you know teams ranked, Wazoo's 4-1. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. So we'll have to see about that. So the uh, women get a, a sort of a break now. Uh, they don't play again until December 10th versus Seattle U. Uh, no news about baseball, no news about softball. Soccer, the men's team continues their postseason run. Uh, they continued uh, November 27th versus 15th seeded Iowa, Indiana, pardon me, winning that game 3-2. to 
player of the game would be Dylan Tevez recording his second hat trick in as many games and record, excuse me, recording the golden goal winner in the 96 minute uh, in the third round of the NCAA tournament. So the Huskies will continue on uh, spurred by Dylan Tevis. Dylan Tevis recorded two hat tricks in his past two games, uh, making him the highest score in UW postseason history for men's soccer um, with six now uh, in his first two games. Uh, wait. Yeah, I did so in just two games. Pardon me. Uh, so upcoming, uh, the Huskies will play December 4th versus St. Louis at home in the final game at home. Uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the women's team in the offseason will have season recap. So, yes, so we've got uh, Sounders season recap, Rain season recap, uh, UW football season recap, and UW women's soccer season recap. Got it. Okay, so got that. Got to do that this upcoming week. Um, hello? Oh, there it goes. Okay. Um, getting into volleyball here. Uh, the volleyball team wrapped up their regular season uh, November 24th at Colorado, winning that game 3-1. to one. Play, the game be, play the game would be Samantha Drexel, recording 17.5 total points. Uh, November 27th, they would, the Huskies would play number 21-ranked Washington State in the Apple Cup, winning that game 3-1. to one. Play the game would be Samantha Drexel and Claire Hoffman, splitting the team, uh, put the game there uh, with 19 total points each. UW clinches the Pac-12 with that victory, becoming back-to-back Pac-12 twam- twams? champs. I don't know. That was dumb. Um, oh, yes, I do have team news for you. We got some uh, Pac-12, uh, all Pac-12 team news here. So let us get right into it. Um, a lot of news here. So, oh, well, okay, team news. Uh, the Huskies are seeded as the 15th seed in the NCAA tournament for volleyball. Um, more disrespect um, kind of started uh, last season with softball, you know, their incredible season and then being seated terribly. Um, the volleyball team, the UW team is seated lower than UCLA um, and UW won the Pac-12. So that, I don't know, that just kind of tells you all that you need to know there. Um, so let's get into the Pac-12 all fresh, all the Pac-12 all teams. Um, Lauren Bays is a Pac-12 all freshman team member, uh, our starting Libero. Lauren Sanders is an all Pac-12 honorable mention, the number five blocker in Pac-12 history, uh, earning all Pac-12 status for the fifth time. Lauren Sanders there. Uh, Claire Hoffman on the all Pac-12 team earning her second straight All-Pac-12 team honor. Uh, Marin Grote, All-Pac-12 team, making her uh, making the All-Pac-12 team with the number two attack percentage in the Pac-12. Uh, Samantha Drexel, earning All-Pac-12 honors once again. Um, what else do we got? LMA Powell earns the Pac-12 Top Setter Award. Um, so six Huskies, All-Pac-12 honors there. Um and somehow we're seated lower than UCLA. Anyway, uh, so the Huskies know their first. Oh well, the team finishes with a twenty-four and four team record, finishing ranked twelfth, um, being seated fifteenth, um, and finishing uh, first in the Pac-12. Uh, their upcoming game is December third versus Brown at home, uh, with a seven p.m. Pacific time start. It is the twentieth consecutive NCAA tournament for UW. Um, so the new news. The new news. The news uh, for adding things. Um, 
is that Oh, that's annoying. Uh, the news for adding things is that on the show, we're going to add the UW men's and women's hockey teams. Now, um, at the current moment, these teams are not currently uh, technically like officially, they're not like division one. There are club teams. Okay. But, you know, with the, um, you know, the way that Seattle is a hockey town and has been for a while, just now getting the NHL uh, iteration, um, uh, you know, knowing that we've got these UW teams, I figured that it was, it would only make sense to, um, it only makes sense to add them. Uh, so we're going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that decision because I can't. Um, so yes, we're adding the UW men's and women's hockey teams, uh, to the rotation here. Uh, so the men's team, uh, is already underway in their season. They're seven and six. Their last one was against Washington state, beating them and sweeping the season series. Um, their next game is December 3rd versus Washington, uh, Western Washington with a 7 PM Pacific time puck drop. They play their games up at the Kraken Iceplex, Kraken community Iceplex up in Northgate. So if you have the time and you want to go and support, they do play up in Northgate. Um, and then December 4th versus Western Washington. So two game stretch against Western Washington in back-to-back days. Uh, that game is at 7 p.m. Pacific time as well. And so the women's team, um, this is their first official season. Uh, the team recently held their first scrimmage in team history, losing that game, uh, that scrimmage to the Seattle Women's Hockey Club. Uh, I recently spoke with the team president, um, names Mia about covering the team and doing interviews and stuff like that. Um, and so that is in the works. That is, uh, I'm excited for that. Um, just because of the way that UW is like the first real official team here on in the Pacific Northwest, um, for the time being, they're kind of playing things, um, by ear as we continue on uh, because of the fact that there's not that many really teams in the Pacific Northwest. I know that uh, Oregon and Western Washington and Montana state, they're all, uh, there's a lot of schools that are working on it, but it's, it's still a work in progress. So there will be scrimmages, but this is the team, the women's team's first official season. And like with the rest of the teams, right. Uh, for both men's and women's hockey, I will get you that news as soon as I get it. And I will report it because I know it's not really reported. I know that the Seattle Times did a piece on the women's club team, and that's great, but I don't necessarily expect them to have week-by-week coverage. And we here at Certainly Seattle Sports will have that week-by-week coverage for you. So with that being said, uh, we'll, we'll go down the list. Seahawks, frustrating. Mariners, good. Sounders, sad. Um, Rain season recap coming storm. Nothing doing at the moment. Kraken good past week. Um, I have to remind myself. No, uh, no, 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 supersonics, no dragons. UW football, sad, disappointing uh, season recap coming men's basketball, disappointing uh, tough competition coming up. Women's basketball, uh, sad. Um, got a little bit of a break this upcoming week. No baseball, no softball news. Soccer continue their great season playing uh, for quarterfinals against St. Louis, December 4th. Uh, women's got a season recap coming. Oops, sorry, hit the mic. Season recap coming next week. Volleyball, uh, good way to end the season. Uh, disappointing that their seating was bad. 
but you know, continue to disrespect UW. Uh, playing December third versus Brown, and then adding the hockey team. So, uh, I'd say a better week than we've had in past weeks here uh, for Seattle sports, um, and that's good. That's good. Um, excuse me. With that being said, uh, I will see you. I believe it is December seventh. Is next Tuesday? Yes. Um, and we'll have some more for you. Uh, Until that time comes, everybody be safe, be well, and I'll see you next week. Baba Bowie.